0: Hey everybody, Kip here. Just want to let you know that uh, this is the first of our summer bonus episodes on RoboCop. In the next uh, week or two, we'll have our one on Terminator 2. Now, uh, we had some problems with our editing computer uh, in July and August that really messed us all up. Uh, so these are coming out a little late, but that's alright. There will be another episode this week on Friday. There will be our episode on our Murder Geeks, uh, episode 1 and 2, and Futo Pi, episode 5 and 6. And then uh, we're getting ready for our Halloween episodes. Right now, we're looking to do uh, Killer Cards from Outer Space and Dog Soldiers. We might be doing trick-or-treat, uh, depending. And then uh, maybe one more if we have the time for it. But anyway, enjoy the episode. Ten... Shin. new sensation that's sweeping the nation kids everywhere are cranking that robocop hello you're listening to common ride with me i'm rose kip and this is one of our summer bonus movie episodes where we look at uh something outside of what we might normally cover and with me is a whole cavalcade of guests right now i have um sid from rangers blaine hey sid
1: hey everybody
0: i have derek from underrated hey derek hey how's it going and brett not that one <laughs>
2: i uh am still from beyond buds uh although we haven't put out episodes in a little bit but if you're a cannabis professional or a cannabis unprofessional uh feel free to reach out to me on twitter i'm at b-r-u-t-e-l-o-c-k and let me know
0: and we're here today to talk about um one of the uh quintessential like movies that i think like comes up when um you're talking about like Tokusatsu, besides like a lot of stuff like Power Rangers, Kamen Rider, Ultraman. And that is Robocop, the 1987 classic of just cyberpunk, sci fi. It's a movie. It is a bona fide movie in a way that like uh, I'm not always used to watching like an actual movie sometimes, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, um how's everyone doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad either.
3: Um,
2: yeah, also, la- not too life- bad.
3: Oh, sorry, the delay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, no, I was about to say, life is is happening.
2: <laughs> I'm uh, doing as little as possible because of the uh, heat wave. I'm basically, I, I'm just like wearing a muumuu and uh, staying inside until six p.m.
3: <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be, yeah. <laughs> See, it's always hot where I, I'm from, so I'm just used to melting by this point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's been a summer of a lot going on. Um important to me and Sid somewhat, I guess, is um that Vince McMahon just retired.
1: Oh yeah, oh. that was like
2: Yeah. Oh fuck him, finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: there
1: there are some people like, How dare you? But the majority is like, Yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs>
2: yeah. i like, I mean, I, I understand people may be used to seeing his face, but if they care at all about labor rights, then they'll probably agree with me.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's always funny when there's people that are like, why are you being mean to this person? They just retired. They just died. It's like, well, they were an asshole, though. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, Uh, don't say anything mean about Kissinger.
3: Right? Uh, uh. (laughs) Oh, no, Billy Graham died. Well, he sucked.
1: (laughs) Manifesting the death of Kissinger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, he's still, wait, is he still alive? Yeah. Good lord. Okay. Yeah. How?
0: He's a vampire. He's immortal.
2: Oh my god, no kidding. Yeah, he's he's still there.
0: He like had something in the news recently, right? Like wasn't it something like p- people were upset that Biden hadn't like invited him to the White House or something?
1: There's that. So- There's also his criticism about China, I think.
0: Okay, whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like he has any space to be a moral authority on anything at this right. point. Right. <laughs>
0: I'm sure that at least two Robocop movies have, like, talked about Kiss of Journey still around, so who knows?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, my first question for everyone, though, is um, I'm guessing we've all seen Robocop before, but um, when's the last time like, that you've, like, seen Robocop, or, like, what other movies have you seen in the franchise?
1: Uh, I've only seen Robocop, and the last time I watched Robocop was honestly too long ago yeah <laughs> probably like seven years or something
3: yeah i i can't remember the last time i just sat down and ro- watched robocop like i can't remember ever actually doing it. like i know i've seen it but i never remember being like okay i'm gonna watch robocop today and so like when i wa- watched re it for the podcast i was like oh my gosh like i have not done this in so long and like just sitting down and watching it all in one go because i feel like i would catch it on tv or watch it at a friend's house or something so just like sitting down to no distractions just watching was so cool but yeah this is the only one i've ever seen i know that rehoven wasn't really involved in any of the other ones and i have no real interest in seeing the kinnaman version or like the sequels because i feel like 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 the fact that sequels exist kind of defeat the purpose of this especially when he's got his visor and stuff back on so i never really wanted to look into them
2: I uh, saw RoboCop for the first and last time before this in 2015. And funny story about the other ones. Uh, I had to rent RoboCop because uh, uh, I couldn't really stream it that well uh, from over here. (laughs) And I accidentally purchased the wrong version first. So I've now also seen the 2014 RoboCop, uh, which does not have the same ideological clarity as this one. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. This
2: one... one... (laughs) I actually ended up researching about all
1: that's went went on because I I've been personally interested to revisit Verhoeven's movies recently. he had a recent one that just came out. I'm trying to remember. Uh, the Benedetta. Benedetta, yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's apparently like very Verhoeven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been wanting, and I ended up finding out a lot about like uh, the other writers of this, and uh, particularly I found out that like. Michael Miner was, like, the big guy mostly behind a lot of the, like, critiques of Reaganism because he just absolutely hated Reagan. Mm-hmm. And I, thi- I think he was, like, the first... Perfect. um Like, the first, like, director they were looking at and then nonsense basically happened.
0: The thing for me about like, RoboCop is has been, like, years, per- like probably, like, 10 years since I've watched RoboCop. And at the time, I watched RoboCop 2 as well, which I think... Um... The kindest thing I could say about RoboCop 2 is that like it's not as good but you can remember a lot of the things that happened in RoboCop 2 as if they happened as well or in the context of RoboCop 1 and it mm-hmm. seems like a much better movie that way. <laughs> it's like
3: that's how I feel about the exploding like uh like when uh, Bruce Willis is on that exploding chair in Die Hard 2 and you see him like fly up in the air that's I always think that's in the first Die Hard but no it's Die Hard 2.
1: Oddly, without seeing RoboCop 2, that's how I feel about some of the stuff. It's like, wasn't this in the original RoboCop? Uh-huh. Oh, that's in the sequel.
3: Is 2 when he has a jetpack or something?
0: That's 3. That's a okay. real bad one. Okay. 3's <laughs> the one where RoboCop is defending American business from Japanese um, takeover.
3: Oh, man. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel that's like bad. they did not get the point of this movie.
1: <laughs> that's what the thought this, is... This- this is very funny because it went from like reaganism sucks fuck ronald reagan fuck capitalism too we must protect capitalism
0: <laughs> the best thing about like robocop 2 i think is that like they get focus groups writing his directive so it's stuff like um like don't smoke or like make sure you look both ways across the street so like robocop's like shooting people for smoking and like <laughs> jaywalking
2: oh my oh, goodness man. that's incredible
0: so it just
3: becomes Ed 209
0: pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did love how Ed 209 was just like illegal parking. That will be an execution.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Just like the, the entirety of Ed 209 was just like, Um, I think I shared Kip some of my thoughts about it. But I just love how Uh, I don't think that was under. But Ed 209 definitely was like the whole like militarization is bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit later about the RoboCop reboot remake because that is a mess in a way that is interesting, I think. But like, yeah, there's a lot going on here of like so much of this movie feels even more poignant or just as poignant as it did 25 years ago, you know, or like 35 years ago, I guess. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, no. Say 25. I, I was born in 87. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know what times anymore. <laughs> what were you saying, Derek? Actually, like you were starting something.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say this movie. Like, I feel like if this movie came out today, people would be like, "Ah, this is so woke. It broke." Like, like people would be like really fucking angry at this movie. It feels like it's it was so prescient. Like, what it's like all this stuff about. Oh, you know, militarizing the police and police is like corporate funded and like all of this stuff just. You know, obviously, it's responding to Reaganism of the time, but it's something that has made a very big resurgence, especially in, you know, 2016 to 2022 America and like all the stuff that is very critical of the police in this movie. It feels like, wow, this was like way ahead of its time.
1: Yeah. Uh, and even then like, some of the critiques of capitalism are great, mm-hmm. too. Like, it's just the news segments in between yeah. really kind of paint almost almost what our future is right now, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's just like, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. I really love um, just um, there's a point where they're talking about how Omnicorp is going to, like, go into nonprofit sectors like hospitals. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, i I did love the uh the commercials also they would like cut into these commercials like uh you know they obviously had that one where it was like battleship, but it had to do with like nuclear yeah. war um <laughs> uh, the the oncoming you know really gas guzzling cars with the the s u x six thousand which um the Chiodo brothers did the effects of that, and I want to point out that the the most terrifying monsters that they did, because they were also the monster makers of Critters, was Furbis mm. from Saban's Master Rider.
0: Uh, mm. Do Derek and Brett know Furbis? If not, we... I have no idea what that I is. No,
2: never heard of that.
1: <laughs> we might have to show you this DuckTales monstrosity.
2: Oh, hell yeah, so it's good. Yeah, no, I love the hard ad, too, although it's funny because it's supposed to be, like, incredibly dystopian, um, and it's just... I don't know, like, if I saw that on TV now, I'd be like, hmm, he said those things in a weird tone, but other than that, this seems normal.
3: Yeah. And all the news segments where it would be like something horrible and tragic, like, oh, the Star Wars thing misfired and killed 109 people, including two former presidents, and they just move on to the next story, and it was like, it was so, like, jarring because it feels like the way we cover, like, like mass shootings and stuff now, where it's like, all right, we, well, here's this tragedy that happens, and this kind of thing happens all the time. So now we're moving on to the next segment, and it, it was just like, did they fucking like know, like, like how did they know this in 1987? Or I, it just blew my fucking mind.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's about when they started calling uh, personnel departments human resources, which I think was a pretty good indication of what was going to come over the next few decades.
1: Also, I feel like uh, Michael Miner, who, like I said, he was more of the, like, satirical edge, because I know when Verhoeven looked over the script, he wasn't sure, and then his wife had to convince him, like, no, this is good satire, but, like, uh, I think it's, like, uh, Neumeier is the other writer who wrote this, was more into, like, the sci-fi and the cyberpunk, and uh, Miner was just like, hey, I fucking hate Ronald Reagan, (laughs) and, like, I think had kind of a like a little bit of a foresight, but just kind of like, this is what I know what will probably happen or what Reaganism will lead to if we keep it going. And oops.
0: Well, (laughs) a lot of times, like you'll watch a movie be like, Oh, like I'm watching like this, like movie from the forties. That's about like, cool noir stuff and i'm like man this is a good rumination on toxic masculinity like mm. no it's not i'm just <laughs> watching a movie with like my mind on yeah. but this yeah. is not the case This is a movie that knows what it wants to talk about and it might be prescient but it's not like falling into things you know yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. one of the things i noted like watching it was kind of the use of violence in this movie mm. and um it's very, I, I feel like, you know, with most action movies, particularly at the time, they were over the top, but almost in this very cartoonish way. I mean, Commando is the best example of that. But um, one of the things and I noted this later in like Starship Troopers is Verhoeven's very careful of when to put that ultraviolence mm-hmm. in the movies. It's almost it's not sprinkled everywhere. It's just like, yo, here's here's a dude getting shot up. The first. You know, couple of uh, minutes of this movie, and you know it's it's very visceral and graphic, Mm. and uh, tries to stray away from kind of that action movie, you know, almost sanitized, cartoonish violence. But I also found it very interesting that the violence also, like, you had very early in the movie, like the boardroom scene, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you had kind of the the exact, you know, the boardroom people just kind of talking and shooting the shit. And in post watching one of their colleagues get killed, you know, there, you know, one guy's already, you know, trying to take, you know, take over a spot and they're just kind of joking afterwards. And you had that news segment prior about, you know, the police getting shot up. And when you see Murphy enter the station, they're all talking about Frederick, uh, I think was the name of the officer. Yeah. You know, he's in critical condition. And, you know, he's getting led to the locker room and you're having all this, you know, talk about, you know, we need to strike all this stuff. And then finally, the captain of the precinct comes in and it's somber. And, you know, they're removing the guy's name from his locker. And it's like everyone's like, oh, he died. And it's a much more somber, intense moment. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, well, our friend got shot up. Who gives a shit?
0: Yeah. Mm. Let's walk through this movie kind of like chronologically a little bit then, like from the top. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I just was reminded of that kind of tied into the violence too.
0: No, you're right. Um But this starts with like this like three minute news segment that's like half ads Like here's like your like Yamaha heart, and then also here's like conflicts happening in the world and mm-hmm. like they're treated as removed from what's going on in like your life, the viewer, but also it's talking about how like America's like injecting and intervening, but also not a part of it. Oh, we've never been a part of it, it's always away from you. N- not our problem also we are always contributing to solving it and if more problems happen also remove from us just like a very just pure corporate news it's like oh yeah it's like three minutes mostly ads and mostly saying this isn't at all related to us but our aren't our- we our- so good for involving ourselves yeah yeah uh, team america world police oh yeah and it's hard because i feel like uh, a lot of people might just see this as like normal now or like normal then it be oh yeah of course like there's a nation that I don't really know where there's a like war happening crazy stuff hmm. wish those people would vote or whatever they want I don't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> why don't they just vote more
0: huh? yeah just vote harder guys
2: <laughs> just keep voting and eventually something will change <laughs> uh, but don't organize
0: yeah. that's a step too far yeah and um, the next thing that this movie does is, like, go to the police that, like, like you said, that it's, like, very contrasted to, like, what's going on in, like, the corporate world and all this stuff. The police are kind of represented, like, the way that, like, a traditional, like, union or, like, um, when people talk about, like, the 1920s, like, Communist Party thing where it's, like, oh, like, race and gender don't matter. People are changing together. Look at this thin blue collar line we got here. Look at these, like, people working together. And like that's like how the movie kind of sees police like is this like pure working class that is all together and like is not separated too.
3: Which is interesting cuz Verhoven does that in like Starship Troopers 2 with the military and it was funny I was talking to somebody la- sorry to go on a tangent real fast but I was talking to somebody last night and I was like oh yeah Verhoven does this thing where it's just like like it's like oh yeah like men and women are totally integrated and they're even like showering together. And she's like, oh, did he direct Starship Troopers, too? Because that's the only two movies where that has happened, I think, in his cinema. Where it's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's definitely, this movie is, like, in some ways, like, really hot for cops. Though It's like, yeah, cops are the best. <laughs> they are so cool. Look at them.
2: Yeah. yeah, like, they, it does display a lot of, like, casual police brutality, like, in mm-hmm. a completely uh, <laughs> in a completely non-critical way. But also, it's in the larger context of, like, a world where human life is completely, um it's just like not worth anything anyway like stuff like that is cheap so i don't know maybe that's why like i don't think it really presents the cops in the best light because they are like fundamentally so corrupt that like every time um like an actual person who like has any influence over the crime in the city gets booked for anything they're just like haha yeah bring me in i'll leave immediately go ahead arrest me
3: yeah and they're also just kind of corporate stooges like they just are like totally um at like mm. ocp's whim and i feel like that's you know another thing that is kind of prescient like yeah the cops just kind of get are at the disposal of corporations and capitalism
1: well yeah this is where i kind of intersect because i noticed that you have that's big tension though was between the cops and the corporation because omnicore started to step in more and more and you kind of had like they were threatening a strike, they were not liking the fact Omnicore was stepping in. Um, so I find that it it critiques the cops, but in a way of how Reaganism is just critiqued throughout the movie,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's almost I I think when I when I kind of wrote my my thoughts, you know, I guess to use this big term, I don't know if you want me to. No, kind of, go for it. Uh, is because often is asked, is RoboCop propaganda, and I was like. This is a messy answer because it's both yes and no. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Verhoeven and and Minor and Numer just kind of had this, you know, very 80s idea of how cops are. Uh, you know, we can look at it critically a, di- a bit different because, you know, we're in 2022. But 1987, like, copaganda, while it was critiqued, it wasn't critiqued in the way it was critiqued now. Mm-hmm. So you're having a film that's more like, focusing in on reaganism and the privatization of you know uh of the public sector and it still has kind of that blue collar public sector police force to kind of junks oppose those but because it's critiquing those things it ends up also critiquing how the police actually are you know uh because throughout you know especially when you know murphy does become robocop and how he responds to like uh, basically, a sexual assault. He just tells someone to he just tells her to go, go, like, go call a, a crisis hotline. Leaves. Yeah, like you <laughs> know, like, I
2: have informed a rape crisis center.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so you're kind of having these kind of clash in a very weird way, but I think in a weird way that kind of examines those things very well. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why this movie does age so beautifully because you do have. That kind of what the idealized version of cops, what we think they are. Yeah. Uh, particularly because they really did a lot of buddy cop movie tropes. And then what they actually are, which is how Omnicore stepped in and created Robocop and um, Ed 209. You know, it's so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like if it was made today and not in the remake way, <laughs> but yeah. like the same creative team, I think mm-hmm. m- might have done a little bit more with that. So it's, it's it's I I yeah. really like the fact it has a very sloppy message about the police.
3: Yeah, yeah. Honestly. And it might be just 2022 20, eyes that I'm seeing this with but um a lot of the stuff that, that how the cops were like we're going to strike and we're mad that cops keep dying and that's kind of like the thing they keep refrain they keep coming back to our cops are dying and the chief who is just like an 80s like chief is just like ah well yeah. what about like the people who sit on the and it just seems like the cops only care about cop lives and it was very it felt very "Blue yeah. Lives Matter" to me. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: that's it, it's like you're you're trying to do this whole like juxtaposition. Here's the human cop force, mm-hmm. and this is how they feel. But yeah, like it ends up kind of because of just how
2: sloppy everything is. It's just like, oh wait, you know, you can look at it in this light now, you know yeah there is also a scene near the end of the movie which i won't get too specific with but it's like um the cops are told to do something that they like explicitly know is morally wrong and some of them are like no we're not going to do that and then another cop is like you have to and they go ah fuck okay and then <laughs> <Yeah>. do it <laughs> just like immediately just like oh man fine <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah i would say it's I was going to say, I would feel like it's less propaganda than another something I really like a lot, but I do think it's copaganda, which is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is that much more of that, like, oh, but these are the nice cops.
1: Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. It's like, it's, I, I really just love its sloppy messaging, I guess, at the end of the yeah. day. That's how I, I view it. It's like, well, it's a, it's a messy answer because, you know, you still have those tropes there. This was made in the 80s and all that, not made now. But at the same time, it's like that mess ends up having an age very beautifully. Yeah. yeah. No, I was like, and yeah, Brooklyn 99 kind of falls in like the cops are good guys, but thank God it's not blue bloods. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the way it, it shows the like cops are like very like 80s, like blue-collar, like working class of like I think of movies like Alien and like the thing where it's like, oh, there's people that are like actively doing physical. Things with their hands and their bodies on the line and they're like part of the community and they're like the true people like and like now it's like you could see like this movie now being like those sorts of messages like being like juxtaposed with like how the police like don't live in the community anymore and that kind of thing but like, these are like the ideal police that live in the community and know people and but yeah it's like very much like a rose tinted like lens even for the time I think
1: yeah and I, I also, like, compared to even some other, like, buddy cop movies that were coming out around the, the same time period, even if it wasn't, like, 87, like, they are way worse on their copycats. Oh yeah. oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a version of this where, like, Murphy's partner Lewis is, like, much more of, like, a gun caught like girl boss, but like yeah. mostly, like, towed down here, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh.
0: But, yeah, so, um, one more thing is, like, as we go forward, like, we have the, like, scene of, like, the ed 209 and like all this stuff and um the corporate structure it's so good (laughs) it's perfect Mm. uh this big elevator they're all talking about like oh like how am i gonna get my promotion how am i kind of gets the old man then like somebody dies like on top of their like um model for their city and it's like yep this is my (laughs) chance (laughs) (laughs) yeah It's treated as
3: a minor inconvenience. Like somebody's like, oh, yeah, pity, such a pity, and then they just gotta kind of move That's on. It's a pity he
1: does. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I also love how they talk. Uh, they they basically talk about how they've taken over every single public service and strip mined it, but they do it in like opaque business jargon. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> They're just like, yes, we literally mined all value from everything and made everyone's life fucking horrible and now we basically I mean now we live in a place where there's basically no help for anything at all and it's just hell but they're <laughs> like saying it in positive business where <laughs> incredible
3: they're like we're gonna gentrify this entire city it's gonna be awesome
2: we've gotten involved in the Pro- non-profit spaces
0: <laughs> profit they frame it like giving back to like society that they're gonna make mm-hmm. this city that they own and like completely like monetize it's wild
1: (laughs) very much tech bros (laughs)
2: yeah i mean it's so accurate
0: yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah. i mean it's it's unbelievably accurate like uh oh god i don't want to be i mean this is my actual name so i have to be really vague here but it's like i've heard um you know people who lead companies that uh are basically um focused on extracting as much profit as possible out of something that didn't use to maximize out of an industry that didn't use to maximize for profit and they'll mm-hmm. say something like oh we're democratizing X and it's like literally in what way <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> everything is like being stripped by at all times mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but yeah um, we get like more scenes of like Murphy on his first day where like he sees his partner and is like ah good kicks Lewis and like he has some tension there, but also like there's a lot of stuff of like he's from like the nice pre in town and not like the North precinct and everything and he's
1: he's from the suburbs and you know, yeah. kind of that that he's the goodie he, the whole setup is he's the goody two shoes and she's the rough one.
0: Yeah. And like they get like coffee and he's like practicing his gun. And I was actually so glad that his gun wasn't loaded because it would be such a cop thing to have your gun loaded while you're doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, showing off and you know, talking about his family and uh they're just kinda like really building up. Look how a nice guy Murphy is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The name Murphy too is like this like, oh, like he's like working class, yeah. like generic dude, you yeah.
2: know. Oh yeah, we should also point out that like in the previous scene they were uh in again extremely opaque business jargon, they explained how they had found cops who were good at their jobs uh and not giant it, like every cop who was like reasonably good at their job they had placed into the most uh dangerous positions possible in <laughs> order to make it the most likely that they would die so they could make a robot out of them so yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens like he moves from the suburbs and on his first day he gets in this like car chase and like the like money that like um so let's talk about Claire's bodyker and it's gay they're incredible incredible he's gonna put a foot up your ass oh my
1: god what a yeah like he's i really love that one of the things he did on this chase was just throw one of his underlings out the <laughs> like out the door to die yeah it-, it it really paints a picture of why he's with those uh like kind of later in the movie it paints something else you know it- it's just like he is just as ruthless as those people As the boardroom people. It's just, you know, he's the common criminal.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But also just, God. I I understand now why my dad, when he was watching that 70s show, because Kirkwood Smith was playing... um,
0: Red.
3: Red Foreman. Yeah,
1: was playing Red. And he's like, oh my God, it's the villain from Robocop.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I always have the opposite reaction. I always am just like, Eric's dad is in this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's how I did when I watched it. But I'm like, damn, like, that is... he
2: really put a lot in that role it's such a please ball oh god I love him so much it's like he's not the sort of uh, he's not the actor who would typically be typecast for it either but he's so fucking good yeah. in this role Yeah.
0: just like the next 20 years like crime character actors show up in this movie it's like oh is that like Ray Wise is that like <laughs> it was just, yeah. yeah Ray
3: Wise yeah <laughs>
0: I was like, oh shit, I like I I didn't realize he was in this. I was like,
3: Ray Wise is in this? That's him. Like he's like young Ray Wise, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh my god, that's Ray Wise. Yeah. yeah. I was like, where the fuck do I know him from? And I had to look it up and I was like, oh, Leland Palmer. Yep. That's it. Okay, that was bugging me too.
1: Yeah.
0: I could see Verhoven and Lynch either really getting along or like really petty reasons not liking each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: They'd be like, he eats corn wrong. (laughs) That actually sounds very.
1: That sounds very David Lynch, though. Yeah, that's why I
0: don't
2: like
1: him. Took me to a place that only served salad.
3: (laughs) To really get into the mind of a direct, you have to eat it creamed.
0: You see. On the cob, no way. That's too much.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Man, Lynch is great, but really, the three movies that are being looked at like across this like summer, uh, we have a uh, Verhoeven, Cameron, and Lynch. That's just a that's yeah. a that's a weird bar. <laughs> that is,
1: yeah, it's an eclectic
3: <laughs> mix right there.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh but no. Um, so I do also love like the scene that like they get to their hideout. And they're just hanging out, like hopefully those yeah. cops didn't show up, and then they just like kill the dog shit out of Murphy.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they just shoot the shit mm-hmm. out of him. They, like, uh, I think like the unrated version has the bit where they shoot off the hand. I think that got cut from the theatrical.
3: Yeah, which is uh, you know it's interesting because it's very much like Verhoeven definitely makes this a Jesus metaphor, but he's like ah I'm gonna make it super violent because this is like an American satire thing and you know the hand getting blown off is very much like okay like him getting crucified and then of course like later on there's scenes where he's like gets stabbed in the side and he's like looks like he's walking on water and then you know you know 10 or 20 years later somebody comes along and just makes a very unironic version of a very Jesus movie where there's completely no satire (laughs) and misses the point a little bit
1: yeah Verhoeven is weird uh he definitely has like a weird background about Jesus <laughs> that's for another uh, podcast. Yeah. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, that's a lot to no. get into. Now I'm curious.
1: Uh I do know he's uh it's debated often, even though he's like an agnostic or atheist. Uh so they they often kind of I don't know if we should have him, but uh he is kind of considered one of the best like most studied scholar of Jesus Christ <laughs> in his life.
2: Mm. So, Holy shit. Yeah, I did not know that
3: yeah benedetta is very interesting with its the way it handles like religious i won't, I won't even say like just like a all, all lot of religious subjects across the board
1: oh yeah like i've heard it's like really on the nose with that yeah
0: i'm fine with that personally because i've been on netflix i've watched a lot of movies tv shows that aren't doing anything <laughs> <So>, yeah <you know. laughs> sure bring me all your feelings about jesus huh.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I love movies with like I, I was uh I'm not personally religious, but I was raised uh Christian and um we like in a specific sect that is really big on reading the Bible. So I like high key love it when things go really ham on religious themes. Uh but my boyfriend is Muslim and thus not familiar with any of these, so I find myself constantly having to explain <laughs> everything whenever we
3: watch these types of movies. <laughs> See, he came back from the dead like the Jesus guy did.
2: <laughs> oh, and then uh, being tortured for a while before they uh, finally killed him, too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he rose again.
0: Yep. 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 Uh, we should talk about what happens after the violence, but right now is actually a good time to talk about that 2014 movie, which here's what i would going to say. Um, there are a lot of people that work in movies. A lot of them are very skilled and do great work under crappy conditions and over-management that can make great work absolutely amount to nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of craft, even in the script craft of this movie, that just, you could tell, wasn't... Like, there's so much stuff that feels like somebody cared, both about the original and making their own movie that they wanted to be in dialogue, and they just weren't able to, either through their ability or, like, through, like, meddling. Because there's some interesting stuff in this movie. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, no, I was reading about the 2014 movie, and apparently they were closely observed by um, the production company uh, higher-ups to make sure that it would be PG-13 so they could make more money off of it.
0: Like, there's stuff like, they, so the plot of that movie is like, he gets killed by like a like car bomb, so it's like not violent the same way. Hmm. And um, what Omnicorp is trying to do is like, they have a drone that killed an unarmed child um in afghanistan i think so oh. they're doing this to put a like a like public face on drones to try and bring drones into like u.s police things So like let's make a more human drone and like they even like preserve murphy's hand so robocop has like one human hand at the end of like a robot arm and stuff and um he like is actually going to be like fully conscious like he is present and like they have a scene of like him talking to like Michael Keaton's like CEO and being like, Oh, like take off the armor, and they do and they show his like organs and stuff and like what's left. But like he's like present as a dude until they're like doing their first like press conference and like he starts to have like a panic attack, so they just like turn off his like personhood. Huh. And it's like, okay, there's something here, just also they were a major Hollywood production. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a weird movie um stellar could cast I remember that yeah. like
3: I wanted to see it just because I mean I like Kinnaman a lot I think he's a character actor who kind of gets was for a while at least getting cast in like action man roles which I think was like really weird um and then you all like the supporting cast like Keaton Sam Jackson and all those guys are great
0: yeah it's just um you you bring in Michael Keaton and like Sable Jackson like in Hollywood when you want to make people think that this is going to be a good movie or like, have <laughs> a lot of care, but yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the first thing I noticed when, as soon as I put on RoboCop 2014, which I did right after I finished uh, RoboCop original was that it just seems like absolutely nobody in the RoboCop remake is having fun on set.
1: <laughs> no, oh no.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I know you don't have to have fun to make a good movie. Um, what's the, what's the Stephen King one? fucking um, oh the shining yeah yeah i mean everyone had a had a, hor- a horrible time on set and that's a great movie but um Cup 2014 it just seems like the actors are sort of like miserable it's like it's a job yeah 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 like samuel l jackson is great but he's reading every line in the remake like it's a chore
1: <laughs> yeah it,
2: like yeah
1: there's just some stuff like some like uh you know another movie that was very miserable to work on was the abyss mm. uh mostly because they had to do so many underwater shots but like and
3: also james cameron
1: <laughs> yeah james Ca- <laughs> this is also young james cameron <laughs> oh, yeah. like i think he's i think he's toned down over the years <laughs> which is saying something but it's like young james cameron going through a divorce mm. uh you know and mm. so it was but you don't see like people aren't reading their lines basically whereas you know sometimes with that stuff uh like like you said it's like sometimes when you tell people aren't having fun on set it just seems like oh well i'm here for my job and check and i'll just leave yeah
0: Yeah. it has to be like a like weird layer of hell to get to make a robocop movie have all these ideas and then hollywood happens
1: yeah Yeah. Oh, we want to make this pg-13
3: that reminds me of like <laughs> Jeff Bridges finally getting to make the giver and just like it being completely oh, ruined. Yeah. And He was just kind of like, I'm going to be zen about this. Like, I wanted to do this movie for like 10 years and I'm finally going to do it. And it's not in the way I want it at all. So he's, he said, I'm going to be like the dude on this and just kind of be like, fuck it, man.
0: Uh, My favorite version of that has to be I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Where it was oh, like, oh, like...
2: yeah. Oh, God
0: incredible like story about like coming to terms with like your father and being gay and then like in the end the person who like wrote the script was like i I lost my faith in god when i saw this movie it just
3: it was like this weird gay panic movie like i don't know
2: yeah yeah (laughs) Huh. like originally I, i i mean i read like about how it was originally written and it actually sounded like a really interesting movie, but then the final version is just like, haha, what if we were gay? Ew. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what if we were There's... gay and Rob Schneider was here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing Yellow Face? I think? Oh, oh no, no! no! <laughs> oh, <God>. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs>
2: oh, boy.
0: The worst seated Eddie movie ever is in I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry where they're like worried they might be audited for getting married to like change the life insurance and they're like let's throw away gay trash so they throw away like a bunch of like tomatoes and a pepper so it's like a dick it's like what are you doing oh <laughs> two <2007. my God. laughs> uh, <laughs> just the only thing I wanted to say on the remake was they had some ideas they just didn't get to it wasn't good <laughs> It, yeah. it had some moments of effort. You could tell.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's not their fault. More than likely, because of what was happening at the time period, I think people were. I think maybe a studio was trying to renew the license or something, because that's normally what's behind remakes. Mm. And so somebody was like, "Oh, I get to write my own version, and you know all that." And then they're
2: like, "No, we just want a cool RoboCop maybe. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here with your ideas.
2: Huh? Yeah. Sorry. Less ideology. Uh more car chases
0: please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean like RoboCop's like living in a monastery? That, what are you talking about? No, it's a new guy. It's <laughs> Miles Teller's RoboCop now. <laughs> but uh yeah, so in the real movie though, in the original movie. <laughs> uh, th- this is where uh he's like so th- he's so thoroughly killed to death, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> his body is forfeit uh, to be made into the RoboCop. And I love this scene, just the way they're talking about it and the way they're like showing his view of his surgery. And then like, he's like watching himself get changed. The whole arm scene, that arm scene is incredible.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. We can keep the arm. And then like the um one dude, uh, what is his name? Uh, Bob. Bob is like, huh? Why would we keep the arm? Yeah. <laughs> That's not the spec that's not the like top usage, yeah, yeah they're showing things like um them having like a New year's party and there's like s- someone like kisses him on the visor and he's just like sitting there unable to process anything
3: and I was like that's yeah. assault
0: <laughs> uh and that all leads to uh though um we see him entering the police station for the first time, and I love all the stuff of like him first interacting with the police and like Omnicorp moving in, it is it's so good. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Um there's that scene where he's like shooting his gun and like just destroying a target piece by piece. Yeah. That's where we get like the first glimpse of there's still something left of him when he like twirls his gun like he showed his partner before. Yes. Yeah. That's life, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up like too is like there's weird other media we get in the background too. Like we get this consistent portly man who's like having like (laughs) weird scenes with like sexy women and like big cakes made out of boobs or whatever he's like i'd buy that for a dollar
1: yeah (laughs) yeah uh making fun of a lot uh from what i understand what kurt told me it's like because i asked is this making fun of any particular sitcom and it's like no it's just making fun of like sitcoms in general Mm -hmm. you know with the catchphrases and the weird lewdness i'd buy that for a dollar
0: (laughs) (laughs) I could see this show existing. Like It's it's better than the Big Bang Theory.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's they, just basically like, oh, man, two hot young blonde girls with big tits are <laughs> hanging out with me. I'd buy that for a dollar, which, yeah, it's like not that different from a few of the sitcoms on air.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's also, I think, like a, a space adventure. Like it was a like a, like almost a Star Wars type thing, like a Flash Gordon show, because his- Murphy's kid was into that and it was like, you need to do your your gun spin like that guy and that's why murphy knew how to do that
3: i think it was jay laser Mm -hmm. which i thought was like maybe like a toku thing like like i know it wasn't real but i thought it was like supposed to be a representation of like his son is really into like watching like this universe's. i know it predates it but like version of power rangers or whatever it might be yeah a tj laser okay
1: yeah it's yeah, there's it. It definitely, I I really love a lot of the storytelling this because it makes it feel like you're in you're in technically a world that you know, but you also like this is definitely a different world. It has you know different advertisements, different things in the news. Like it's it's not just it kind of isn't just like telling a story. It actually like re- like it takes um sorry, sorry, it really kind of takes uh how film is which is it's it's just a very rich visual audio storytelling and actually like really like just immerses you in this world Mm -hmm.
0: um and the costuming the sets it's all yes it's
1: all
2: great yeah actually speaking of the costuming um this is going ahead a little bit we're just talking about uh what they're wearing there's a scene where robocop is using thermal imaging and I was watching it and I was like, holy shit, the practical effects are incredible. And I thought they did a film paint over. But it turns out they actually um, had all the actors put on bodysuits, uh, painted the bodysuits uh, with like what looked like thermal uh, colors, according to the contours of their body, and then filmed it with a um, polarized lens.
3: Damn. Oh, I love old school just film tricks like that, that you don't really get a lot of anymore. Like that
0: shit is so cool.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm, like, on that, I'm, like, damn, that's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the criminals and people in the background feel like they're realized characters Mm -hmm. in, like, some version of it, too. It's, like, oh, like, there's Mm -hmm. that, like, first couple in the convenience store that he saves. Like, the wife is super into him. Like, yeah, RoboCop's (laughs) cool as hell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's, like, all (laughs) these, like, weird dudes in, like, their, like, costumes. There's truckers at, like, the cocaine plant. Yeah. Yeah. I love the scene where he like goes to the like guy who lost the mayorship, so he like has it all hostage. He just like <laughs> drives right through the red tape, oh, or whatever. So
2: good. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's just like first uh, first don't fuck with me. <laughs> I want <Yeah>. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll even get you it's like I want an SUX six <laughs> thousand <laughs> It has some terrible gas mileage and cruise control and reclining leather <laughs> seats. Yeah, I really love he did make a point to say the terrible gas (laughs) smile.
0: Are you jerking me off? When people jerk me off, I kill them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, I I loved how they take, like, uh, these people who actually have, like, some amount of real power in the city, and they show, like, how small their imaginations are. Like, this guy can demand anything that he can imagine, and he he can't think of anything better than that. Like, just some material changes. Small minor mm-hmm. ones that won't mm-hmm. really affect anything.
0: The opposite of just guys be a dudes. <laughs> They're so much better than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: It's like it's like these are the people who are in charge, and like this is like how. I mean, this is like how puny their imaginations are. Like, can't they can't conceive of anything better than like the same existence they have in old Detroit, <laughs> um, but with a nicer car.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it, it's also like very
1: selfish stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Hmm.
1: Like i ah, I want a nicer car and everything. It's like you could you may be I don't know, ask for like better public service <laughs> or something, <laughs> yeah,
0: I think also, like when you go to like Omnicorp too, it's like all Bob wants is like some ladies and some cocaine it's like that's not <laughs> really is that that much different? Are you that much more like how much more money are you really like making here like yeah. and um the uh like other guy, uh, what is his name?
2: Oh, Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Uh, yeah. Which I, yeah, penis envy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I really love this name was Dick Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants the same thing as he has, and will kill for it. Yeah,
3: yeah. And yeah. I, I love when like, uh, Fred, uh, like we talks to him, uh, Bediger, and he's like, he like puts the emphasis and is like, all right, Dick, and then when he like likes him, he's like, okay,
0: Richard. I thought that was such a, just like subtle, nice touch.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah around this time too we get um like the like corporate messaging too of like when people call robocop it versus he is very interesting this movie because a lot of times like oh yeah we have to like take care of it or we have to like make sure that it's the you to like oh like talking to the news and like, using a he yeah yeah yeah
1: uh, it's you know it just reminds me too of also when um uh, because of the direct the prime directives he has mm-hmm. yeah Protect and it's all the same kind of cop stuff, protect the innocent, all that. But he has like the fourth classified one. And then when he tries to go arrest Dick Jones for you know murder and you know all that's going on, he can't because of the fourth one. It's like you can't arrest Omnicore people. And I just love how Dick's like, it's because
2: you're our product and we own you.
3: Yep, yep, yeah.
2: I also, uh, I also was wondering throughout this movie why everyone, uh, in the executive team at Omnicore. Uh, would commit to eliminating all crime when doing cocaine is a crime, but uh, you know, there you go, Director Four.
3: Yeah, I think what they mean is eliminate all non white collar crimes. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if they yeah. don't specify, yeah. if they don't specify, because he's programmed very literally, but yeah. I guess uh, they're the only ones who are allowed to do cocaine.
0: Yeah. So, like, let's talk about the ending then, because that comes up and it's like, oh, the solution isn't he has the power of friendship and he overcomes the direct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The solution is he has a workaround. <laughs> oh
1: yeah.
2: yeah. He he gets, he basically gets deck dick fired at the <laughs> end. Yeah. And then Omnicorp is still in charge of everything. So it's like, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I kind of appreciate how abrupt the ending was. Cause I was expecting yeah. to be like, okay, wrapped up and like, everything was good and the city went back in order and he went and found his family or he started a new relationship with his partner and it's just like the name's Murphy or whatever and then it's just like it ends and it's like boom Robocop theme song and I was like oh I (laughs) love that because it's like yeah this was a badass action movie with some brilliant satire but the end it's just like and things end and nothing has really changed and I was like but that's actually kind of like really great and also depressing.
1: Yeah. The only thing that actually does change, because the, the big character arc is uh, Murphy going from Murphy to Robocop to then Murphy again. Mm. The only thing that really changes is Murphy's no longer Robocop, he's Murphy. Yeah. But, you know, he's still he's still Robocop. Mm. Things really haven't changed. It just fired the one dude and he got executed. Yeah. And, yeah. You know.
3: It's a much more <laughs>
0: personal story and I appreciate that. Yeah yeah it's interesting too because like the 2014 like version he just overpowers it because he loves his family Mm. that's the power of love that's kind of a bummer like that
3: that's because it's just like I like that there's not like oh well if you just believe in yourself all along then you can over like it's just like no he's still even though he has kind of broken away from you know the confines of his programming there's still some things he can't do and yeah he finds a smart way around it I thought that was you know a lot more interesting than just like ah, but this thing happens and everything has changed. It's like no, we still have to fucking work on this bullshit, and it's hard to change, and it's systematic.
1: Uh, yeah, and I because I, I want to touch kind of the visual storytelling that involves around like Murphy, you know, other than obviously the Jesus thing of him getting shot up, but him and then like having to reconstruct him as RoboCop, and then when he's when he's RoboCop and he hasn't really quite tapped into like his his memories yet or anything except for like this one tick you know about how he does his gun like it's so beautiful because he's he's mostly like you can't see his eyes he has that visor on and so you go through the movie and then suddenly he's starting to get his memories back it's basically a glitch where he started to remember who murphy was and got the visual story of him going through his old house that was for sale mm. and like you know you see it up you know yeah, you, you see it in the present reality, but also how Murphy remember like the memories of like his kid watching TV, and it's gone. It's desolate. There's trash. There's pictures that are burned.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: and and eventually, you know, he he has to punch like something because it's just like, oh my god, like who am I? And when after kind of that whole thing, when he finds out about the directive and everything, his visor gets busted basically, and you see his eye for the first time, and it's human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he escapes, and and this is when he kind of starts asking questions about to Lewis. Well, who was Murphy? Who was I? And he undoes the visor, and you see his face. Yeah. And for the rest of the movie, he comes to terms with he's Murphy, but he's different now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's no going back, and that's why I like that. You know, it just ends like that. He doesn't yeah. get his family back, and things aren't resolved. Really, he's like, yeah things in life are fucked and they change sometimes and you kind of have to adjust to this new reality a little bit and yeah I thought it was brilliant
1: yeah just uh when that big fight scene that happens at the end too like he even gets injured like prior to him taking off the Pfizer he never gets injured and um it's yeah like like like, like you kind of mentioned it's the personal story and and that's kind of the ending.
0: I love just um it's very clearly like uh but like this movie is contrasting like just like um the way it's making corporations and like and like criminals like similar. It's contrasting what they don't like and it's like that personal side, like that like earlier scene of like uh that one of Boddicker's like dudes being like, Oh look like, you're reading for college, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like People don't care about why you're doing things besides money and power and pain. Mm. Yeah. And I love that final fight scene though, where like they get these gigantic fuck off like fifty caliber like exploding around guns, just like to like destroy a bunch of cars. They go out there and like one of them gets like turned into like a mutant in the
1: Oh through the toxic light. Oh, yeah.
0: oh my god, that shit is so great because it comes out of
3: nowhere and he's just like oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, it just gets yeah. <laughs> Like the the dumb science pedantic nerd in me, like he would have instantly died, but I just love eighties toxic waste and how it just will mutate you instantly and turn like his fingers are melting off the bone. He goes up to, to Ray Wise's character, and Ray Wise just does this best facial reaction to him. <laughs> He's so
3: good, he's like, Get the fuck off me, dude. <laughs>
1: ah. Like, ah. Yeah. And, uh, And then then he gets hit by a car and just turns into sludge. Oh my god, he just (laughs)
3: fucking explodes. It's like, red form, it's like, god damn it, I cut this shit out of my windshield. It's so good. Oh my god. Yeah, just like going
2: through a car wash.
3: Yeah. And then that's where they they really hit you with the Jesus allegory in that last scene. where the, like I said before, like, because you have that, like, iconic shot where it looks like he's walking on water, and then he fucking stabs him in the side with a javelin, and I'm like, okay, we get it, Paul.
1: You like Jesus in a (laughs) weird
0: way. Hey, I'm Paul Verhoven. I'm here to say.
1: <laughs> also, the the guy that this is just a weird thing I noted. Uh, the guy that if you watch AEW or anything, uh, the guy that uh, was the you know guy that got turned into a mutant. But prior to that, I was like looking at it. And I'm like, he looks like Wish Allen Angels. Okay. The pro wrestler. I have to get a photo <laughs> of
0: him. I thought you were gonna say, man, Robocop looks like that guy that's friends of Sting.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but no uh, so like one scene that i love is like where uh um, his aiming's not working so lewis has to help him aim and uh, it's it's like such a tender little moment of like mm. oh, oh yeah you're still human you can still connect with people still have like a certain kind of intimacy you know yeah and like i love um how they end the fight scene of course of uh, uh, with um her shooting ray wise from a crane and then he like spikes clara's bonniger It's just great. Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, because we watched the uh, my partner has the unrated version, uh, just a nice DVD of it. And one of the things I noticed that they couldn't like upscale was uh, like a cut. They had actually a much more closer shot of when, you know, Buttocker gets stabbed in the neck. Mm. and they couldn't quite restore it quite properly because it was cut in the theatrical because they're like oh that's too graphic
3: yeah I noticed mm. that cut I was like that felt like a TV cut or something and I was like oh I'm, yeah. it's weird that yeah. this is in this version
1: that was just something like it was just like they couldn't restore the element quite quite right but they wanted to leave it in
0: so
3: Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's like thumb knife drive <laughs> middle finger whatever
0: yeah I love that that's just how technology works like Screw, like, a USB 3. Just, here we go. <laughs> Here's
2: the yeah. spike. It's multi-purpose.
0: We didn't really talk about, like, the first scene where he goes to, like, Dick Jones. But I love how, like, the way they show off, just, like, their commentary on, like, technology is that the ED-209 can't go downstairs, just falls over. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. <laughs> and it, I love that ED-209 has, like, these lion roar, yeah. like, these vicious sounds. And then when it goes, like, falls down the stairs, it's baby sounds, like baby's crying. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like a pig squealing or something, almost.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so good. It And Ed 209 ends up being, like, weirdly adorable, too, because it's stop motion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, the whole final scene is, like, he just gets, like, taken out, and then, like, that's when Murphy, like, goes up and, like, shoots a dick, but also, just like, so, it's so great, just everything about that scene just like just works so well and, the, and like i love how he says it's murphy at the end it's like mm. oh yeah now what's your name it's murphy because <laughs> like it's not like he solved crime <laughs> or <laughs> capitalism yeah
2: <laughs> yeah he didn't like uh materially improve uh the world that he lives in
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean
2: dick jones is like a massive i mean he's an enormous crime boss and like it's going to slightly change things but like in the long term nothing is different Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I do love apparently the CEO's name was uh, old man they never <laughs> gave him a name oh you're
3: right
0: is he British or southern I couldn't tell <laughs> he was like some kind of yeah. warm I'm the old man who years ago I made this company and I'm not complicit at all if anything <laughs> I'm nice yeah. Yeah.
1: one of the other things because I'm thinking about how like Bob Morton met his and uh there was uh, apparently uh, Miguel and Kirkwood like talked about filming that scene, and they talked about how like Paul didn't realize "bitches" was a derogatory. So you know, Kurt, you know, Bodecker De- Bo says like "bitches, Lee," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as, as part of the scene. So Paul's just calling the women of the scene "bitches" <laughs> while doing the direction, and everyone's just like being like, uh... What? Uh, this is awkward. <laughs> oh
0: my god, that's that's yeah. That's really and
1: nobody went to correct him either, and I'm like, guys,
0: <laughs> language barrier here, guys. Come on,
1: like, like, like people were just too stunned to correct him. Yeah, that's hilarious to picture.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's oh, uh, one last thing I wanted to really like talk about though is like. What RoboCop becomes culturally, and I think mm. it's never really RoboCop. People remember RoboCop as this weird form that is it all related to RoboCop of the movie. I feel like yeah. you get like cartoons and comics and like yeah. video games, but it's never like RoboCop's <laughs> RoboCop again. I feel like after this,
3: yeah. yeah. And it, it's interesting because like you know, while this movie is coming out, like it was kind of like it was they did the '80s thing where it's like, yeah, this is like a hard R, very violent movie that you would never show a kid and yet they were like ah robocop toys and then like a couple of years later there was like a robocop cartoon show and it, like it actually becomes <laughs> like propaganda and it's just like it's a weird like oh. yeah think of the 80s where it's like now he just kind of like fights terminator and he's just like just remembered for the badass parts but all the like social commentary is just completely gone
1: yeah it, it's something i found very interesting like with eight like with, like you said with the 80s is and I guess things don't change. It's like, oh, this thing made a lot of money. We must market it everywhere.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, you know, definitely like back then, like, let's turn into a kid's show. But I've seen that a lot with like 80s, like 80s and also 70s stuff is just like, oh, hey, here's this film that had this really poignant commentary on something. Um, so the lead character is now just like, we just love using it. Uh, that character as like a sci-fi mash up fight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know robocop and the, the xenomorphs another great example of that yeah you know the entire like alien movies are really about kind of yeah no having a multi-conglomerate corporation is bad and it's just like the xenomorphs cool
3: yep or, <laughs> or like i think the biggest example of that is rambo because the book and most of the first movie are like this really like quiet, sad meditation on this Vietnam vet and how fucked up he is and, like, you know, how impossible it is to reintegrate to society. And then, like, spoiler alert for a book that's 40, 50 years old, whatever, uh, he dies at the end. But then they were like, ha, huh, but what if in the movie he doesn't die so we can make a sequel? And then they make a sequel. He just yes. goes and wins Vietnam. And then in Rambo 3, he goes and trains the Mughal Jardin, And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Rocky gave us Al-Qaeda? Like, What? <laughs> yeah or not rocky uh, rambo 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 but still like
1: as soon as you mentioned rambo i wish we could like you could have seen my face as i lit up because like oh my god that really is the perfect example <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: though on one hand i do love that like dc dark horse like 90s comic thing where it's like judge dread and robocop like versus like alien yeah and <laughs> all these weird crossovers like oh superman lost his powers and he's like on the nostrobo and it's like this is great
3: and sonic the hedgehog is there for some fucking reason there
1: there is some there is some enjoyment though sometimes mashing action figures
0: together (laughs) i'm
1: not gonna totally be out on that but i i I noticed that's like a thing of yeah like it almost almost people just absorb that and not exactly like what these movies are about (laughs) weird we live in weird times yeah Who's ever heard of
0: the other Robocop stuff? Where there's been, like, four TV shows. There's been, like, multiple cartoons. There's been, like, multiple video games. They, like, just a new game. It's like, okay. It's just a series, I guess. Yeah. Just IP.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Disappointing.
1: Just IP. That, now we live in a world of just... Scary IP of just like everything must be like like everything must be planned to have like twenty television shows or something and and sixty movies and it's like no you can just have a movie which is
3: why I I just saw Nope last night and I'm so glad like it's gonna be um like box office people are saying it's gonna be the biggest just like standalone like non not based on anything movie since the pandemic started and I'm like good because it was just like a solid like horror thriller like movie that had nothing to do with anything there's pro I would be very surprised if there was a sequel like it doesn't seem like you know that horror sequel baby kind of thing like you know like oh there's gonna be more Halloween movies it's just like this is just its own thing and it's fucking great and I'm I'm glad at least we're getting some of that still with like the A24s and the Jordan Peels and of the world all that kind of stuff
1: yeah it's and I just really love that you know. Again, you know, executives get the wrong idea. Except now it's like, oh well, these this one movie did very well about like the multiverse <laughs> into the Spider Verse. Yes. Everything needs to be multiverse oh God, now, yeah. and like the the one multiverse. I haven't seen it yet. The one multiverse film that actually has just stunned everybody was an original work. Yeah, which is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember everything how exactly everywhere all we, at once.
3: Yes. Which yeah is was phenomenal. Was to the the... Oh my God, that's a good yeah. movie. yeah,
1: really good. i've been I've been meaning to see it and I, I really I'm gonna try to get 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 a get a hold of it soon because it just sounds great. Yeah.
2: It's excellent. but yeah, it is kind of funny that like Paul Verhoven made like this incredible movie that was really critical of the current system and they were like, this is great, let's monetize it. Yes. Let's monetize yeah. the
3: shit out of it. This move that is super, like, c- critical of capitalism, let's capitalize the shit out of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, to be mm-hmm. fair for, like, e- like everything of these, like, that's, like, the plot of the plot of the alien franchise is what if we could monetize, like, these aliens and they just, that huh. does that does happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jurassic Park is very critical of capitalism.
3: I own a lot of Jurassic Park merch, I'll say that. Like, I'm guilty of it myself. <laughs>
1: I'd say I'd say the movies more so than the book. <laughs> God, Crichton. Oh, Crichton. Yeah,
0: I posted but, uh, up um a picture of uh when RoboCop was the Colonel for AKFC had, but it's underneath Furbus, so it looks like RoboCop turned yeah. Furbus into fried chicken. I I uh,
3: I've seen I've seen that 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 uh, KFC RoboCop thing. It is
0: it is wild. But like yeah, like RoboCop is never RoboCop after the first movie, I feel like, which yeah. that's just like culture too. Like he makes up that it turns into something else. It's like, mm-hmm. I like that he f- fought Superman or that he like saved sting from the NWO or whatever he did.
1: Oh yeah. that did <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah.
3: And I think, I mean, I know he played him in the second one as well, but I think part of it is like Peter Weller's like physical performance in this movie is so fucking good. Like he's, like, you, like, believe, like, yeah, this guy is part robot, but he's also got, like, that twinge of humanity that, like, more and more shows itself, and, yeah, he is a great physical actor, I think.
1: Yeah, he's he's really great mm-hmm. at his physical performance. You're absolutely right.
0: And, yeah, uh, just, yeah. Th- there is so much, there are people that, like, have, like, done so much work RoboCop, and, like, we mentioned, like, the whole, like, thing from, like, ten years ago that was, like, did you know RoboCop was about Jesus? It's, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's RoboCop though. Any other final thoughts? Um, well,
2: I, I was I I did think it was kind of funny how they're like, oh, the six thousand SUX is big and bad for the environment, uh, and then you see it and you're like, oh, it's not that big. <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> this a just a Transam you just like repainted? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh also I thought uh Clarence had uh incredible drip, especially when he goes and confronts Dick Jones. Uh I yes. tried to tell my boyfriend he should go suit like that, and he said no. No,
3: oh yeah. And I I will also say, like, the music in this movie, the soundtrack, fucking slaps. Like it is just so like 80s oh, and so bombastic. Bad. And I'm uh, I'm looking up, I can't I don't know, I'm probably gonna mispronounce this. Basil Podormis. Um, like is the composer and Man, I just, I just love that theme and just the kind of like technological like mix. And it's very appropriate that it's kind of like techno, but also there is a lot of, I think you know, like I don't know what kind of instruments, but the there is humanity to the technicality of it. I guess I don't uh, is the best way I can put it. I'm not really a music guy, but I do did really appreciate that.
1: Uh, I I just really like this
0: movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah
1: it's it's been a while since i've seen it i've been wanting to and i'm glad i had an excuse to, because it's you know i think it was mentioned earlier like sometimes uh you know with movies these as particularly these days they just don't have like they're not one-offs or whatever and i'm like wow it's just nice to see a contained story Mm -hmm. and it is just so well done like yes it's an 80s action movie and satire but it, it really is just a stunning movie to watch. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I kept yeah. saying over and over watching this movie, just like every 10 minutes I'd be like, this is a good fucking movie. Like, I'm just sitting there by myself yeah. and I just kept saying that.
1: Yeah, just, damn, I was just like, wow, this is a good fucking movie. Yeah. But also, Ray Wise will just appear out of nowhere and you'll be like, oh,
2: that's Ray Wise. <laughs> <laughs> it's Leland Bobber. Yeah. Okay, I just loved... Like, so much. I know I said it before, but just that uh, for their, like, big, bad crime boss guy, they got, like, a accountant who, um, like, dresses a little effeminately, um, but just, like, is so, like, not the kind of guy you would usually put there, but he's just so, fu- like, every time he says anything, you're just, like, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so can good. It's hi, so Bobby. good. They could not possibly have gotten anyone any better. It's like everyone, you know, anyone could take this guy. Like, he's, like, pretty small. He's not physically imposing. Uh, Like, he dresses in ways that are kind of impractical if you're going around doing crime and being in factories, but he just, like, you don't at any point doubt that, like, this guy would be doing it.
3: Yeah, he has, like, this controlled rage to him that I think is, like, he's really unique in that way.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Which makes him A, like, great dad later, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) so the question i think like we really need to ask is of course like is this toku but like i think for me it's it it's probably nice to be like man we're looking at all these commercial all-age franchises let's just look at a thing that's like unmitigatedly good and interesting (laughs) without like a weird caveat
1: that's also adult (laughs) yeah Uh,
0: yeah but yeah this is toku (laughs)
1: this is t- i i am always uh i'm a little bit I, as if it has special effects i can see yeah. where the toku sauce <laughs> in
0: like for me really the matrix is toku yeah, yeah.
3: for for me not. i'm like mean you know not being nearly as well versed as you guys are in toku like i like i said on you know the last time i was on we were talking about um jetman it's there's always something that's just like a little bit off like it's like you can see the seam is just slightly in toku and that's why i feel like this is a little more toku than like another movie you guys are gonna be talking about terminator 2 because it's like yeah you can like yeah this is a dude in a suit moving around and i kind of just love that human element of toku (laughs)
2: Mm. man i just wish they'd make more movies like this (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah yeah unfortunately uh we're kind of running up to another major like monopoly era of filmmaking. So I don't know.
3: Although I will say, I I mean, I have some problems with the movie, but like if you want to see something that is like practical as shit and it is like just doing really well financially and critically, Top Gun Maverick is like insane. Like it looks so fucking good with the practical effects it has.
0: And people love it. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: I will watch that then. I hadn't considered uh, seeing
3: it.
0: One check we do have to have to compare it to Robocop. How does it feel about Reagan? Uh, it's t-
3: Top Gun Maverick? Top Gun Maverick is the most apolitical shit you will ever see in your life.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if Top Gun just loves, like, Reagan on principle, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's that was my, like, one gripe with it, was that it feels like it's trying so
3: hard not to offend anyone and, like, not show who the, the enemy, quote-unquote, because that's all they ever <laughs> call him, is in the movie. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) don't worry, like you and it just just kind of like how Tom Cruise himself is completely like you. He's a he's just like, what is he like? He isn't (laughs) divulged any like personal information. He's like a cipher. Like, that's what Top Gun Maverick is. And that's why I think everyone across the board is just like loving it is because other than like some propaganda and nostalgia, it doesn't take like a like a stance on really anything other than like this guy is good at things. And people are better than drones, and that's about as much as it's saying.
0: But it's really good action.
1: Yeah, that that is also a stance to take sometimes politically. Is shrug. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, that is Robocop though, and um, that just leaves our like um final questions, which are who everyone's favorite characters in this movie. Oh, let's go, Sid, Brett, Derek.
1: I definitely, I love, I, I actually do really love Murphy. Yeah. Like. You know the main character is fucking great. Um, I think we we have all just talked about Bodecker, but like he really is just a good '80s villain.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. Uh, and Brett, what do you think?
2: Um. Oh man, that's really honestly difficult. Um. Someone we never mentioned, but who I actually think killed it was uh, the red-haired henchman who I keep referring to as Starburns in my notes. Huh? Um. Could not get it couldn't get a handle on his name but um i don't know like everyone does so much scenery chewing uh and gum chewing i don't know the whole movie is great i have to say clarence though especially when he menacingly throws his gum in the river <laughs> right <laughs> before he decides <laughs> to do robocop and, <laughs> and he just like yeah. oozes all over every scene fuck it's so good
3: yeah like there are so many just like good like 80s guys like bodeker and like dick jones is such like and like she's just like I'm the most '80s guy you've ever seen, but like it's it's got to be RoboCop. Like Murphy is so, so good in it. Like his character arc is so interesting and iconic, and I love the humanity that he manages to bring to this role in such a subtle way.
2: Yeah,
0: I love the way that like um, the scene where we, like really see like Dick Jones' first time is like in the bathroom where there's like this one guy talking to Bob, like leaves with like pistol over his pants, and then like, Dick Jones is like. <laughs> I used to call the old man fart, ass, <laughs> dick bag, egg boy. Yeah.
1: the tension in that scene. Also, can, yeah. before we
3: wrap up the podcast, we have to address his weird ass long arms when he falls out the window. Like, I just can't, I can't get through the podcast without saying something about that because that is such a weird effect that it's stuck with me my entire life.
2: Oh, I didn't even notice.
3: Oh yeah, his arms are like, I don't know what they... They fucked up something with that shot, because his arms are, like, twice as long as his body. It's weird as shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, like, has to be Murphy though. Just such a great... Having a guy in his suit, like, even if it's, like, only in, like, close-ups for, like, Peter Weller, just incredible. Um, and also, like, I do realize that maybe TJ Laser is, like, based off of Buckaroo Banja as well. Was oh. a couple years before this, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, the second question is, uh, what were your favorite effects? Like, could be a fight scene, could be a suit, like, could be that kind of thing. Just what stuck out for everybody?
1: I definitely. Well, I think two things. One thing definitely is I always love stop motion, so I love that two and nine mm-hmm. and all the scenes that two and did, especially like the sound design they did for him. Um, subtly, I kind of like some of the like with uh kind of the scene where he's going through that like everything from him finding out the information file like that scene to go into the house it's it's more a lot of a, like subtle work because we don't we don't think about how back then they had to cut a lot with film and you know do kind of more classical things that we now like do on a computer mm-hmm. so you know they had to come up with all this information to put on the computer uh they had to you know kind of cut and do these kind of natural and do these dissolves to like go in between these scenes in that house so kind of on the like very subtle old special effects way I love mm-hmm. that because I, I kind of miss those things you know where yeah we have to manipulate the film to do something instead of like underpaying uh, VFX workers <laughs> yeah. to
3: do whatever <laughs> yeah. for me true. yeah for me, I think it's, like, all of the times they use, oh, for, I forget what they're called, but the little, like, exploding blood packets on somebody, like,
2: the squibs. the squibs,
3: thank you, that's the word I was looking for, this, like, they really utilize squibs in this movie, like, especially that the oh, first yeah. time when Ed 209 is just, like, shooting the guy, and it's just, like, a million of them just, like, bop, 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 like, they are going, like, full into it, and, you know, it's, it's so. Yeah,
2: or when Clarence is dying, and the blood is squirting feet from his neck. Yeah.
3: Like, that was really, really cool. And, like, like especially in that, like, final battle where it just, like, you know, there's just squibs going off everywhere, and there's just blood, like, pouring out of everyone all over the place. I thought
0: it was great. Nothing puffs up like
2: cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I already talked about the thermal effect, but the, um, I mean, the way that they balance showing how everything looks through RoboCop's visor, um... Mm without like making oh, yeah. it too irritating was like really impressive. Like they had just enough of the overlay to make it clear to you like what a scene would look like from his eyes without having to look through scan lines at everything all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um for me there's so much, but like a like point that we've like said like a lot is like when talking about like what's togo but I think um for me, Togo is like whatever you choose to let something be a little janky but like feel more real and like mm that throughout this movie but uh my favorite has to be just um all the little touches that they do with um the way the car sparks when they're leaving the building every time the way that his gun like goes in his leg versus a holster and like that's like each different animation happens one by one so Mm -hmm. much great little things of course uh the last question what were the standout fits from this movie
1: oh clarence's Mm -hmm. every time Every time. Clarence in his whole game, but mainly Clarence.
3: I mean, for yeah. me, it's the Robocop suit. Like, that's so, I mean, there's a reason, like, it looks so cool and iconic, and that there's a reason, even though like, he spends half the movie without the visor, like, that everything else that's ever portrayed Robocop in media shows him with a visor, because it is such a cool look.
1: For that outfit, yeah, no, I agree with that, too. And it looks better than the 2015.
2: There is a great scene, though, where he's, uh, Oh yeah, it definitely does. But there's a great great scene. There's a great scene where he's going to confront Leland Palmer, uh, and he goes to like a punk nightclub, and everyone looks so fucking cool. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like I love the way that like they do clubs in like eighties movies. Like, oh, there's a bunch of like topless people. There's a bunch of people in like mesh shirts. There's people like wearing (laughs) like weird suits and like leather vests and hanging out. Everyone's here. Yep. Yep griffiths all around mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and of course uh next week terminator 2 judgment day uh we will have sid back and uh currently there are two people who are also interested there so that'll be fun like uh but like you'll know um these won't come out the most normal schedule because they are bonus episodes but uh where can people find you all first off let's say um sid where can people find you when you're uh not talking about Robocop. We're usually I say not talking about Tokusatsu, but I can't huh? say that to you. <laughs>
1: uh well you can find my podcast, Rangersplain. It's that on almost every social media platform. Uh and our website is Rangersplain.wordpress.com. And we are on uh, most uh podcast um podcast streaming services. I know like iHeartRadio doesn't have all our our episodes yet. Um so working on that. So you can find me there. You can also find my uh twitter i am most on my public twitter is velociriker <laughs> uh and um i also have a live tweet twitter now for uh star trek that i've been watching a lot uh trans wesley and uh and then i have a uh candle and soap store called Coda's magical crafts um which is Coda's Crafts on most social media, Coda's Magical Crafts on Etsy and codasmagicalcrafts.square.site on Square.
0: Awesome. And
1: Brett.
2: So you can find me on Twitter at BRUTBLOCK, it's Root Block, and uh, that is where I tweet. So lately I've been really into uh, hand I've been doing like the simple little animations by hand, so I've been tweeting a lot of those. But it's also where I tweet uh, when I go on podcasts and when I produce podcasts. If you want to listen to me talk more, you can listen to Beyond Buds with Peoples. That's on Spotify, and actually, it's wherever podcasts are found. What am I talking about? And uh, if you want to learn more about moving to another country uh, where material conditions are better than California, you can add me on Discord at bruteblock. Number six, two, zero, four, where I have a server where we uh, talk about how to do that and share resources.
3: I might have to hit you up for that one.
2: <laughs> do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, do it.
0: And Derek.
3: Uh, so, yeah, uh, I am one of the co-hosts of the underrated podcast where we talk about underrated, underappreciated and under the radar films. Um, so obviously, RoboCop, uh, at least the, this version, is one we would never talk about on that show. Um, but if you're into movies, uh, you can listen to that. However you're listening to this, it's on all the uh, podcasting platforms. We do a couple other podcasts too. Me and my friends, um, you know, we named our podcasting kind of group after our our first podcast. So undercast co or undercast company on all the social medias. Um, we can do a couple other podcast things um, or you can just look me up, Derek McDuff on medium. Um, I also write for watch mojo. So um, you might have seen some of my stuff there on their YouTube and stuff like that. But yeah, just, under Casco underrated is the name of the podcast.
0: Awesome. And you can find uh, me on uh twitter.com at James Forge. You can find uh, the podcast that Common right to me on uh, all platforms. Uh, there is uh, and articles. There's copyright.com slash merch, uh, where all proceeds are currently going to trans lifeline. Uh, there's cover.com uh, slash episodes for links up to two different platforms uh, and services. Please rate and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Uh, there's company.com slash bukaki for our women want me fish fear me shirt. Long story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also um, in the near future, um, we are switching off some series. So uh, the um, year long crew is switching to uh, a much more sporadic, like looking at things like the Common Rider, like double anime coming out soon. And then the comrade writer geats. Uh the book club is switching over to uh around when this comes out, the book club is covering the garbage fail kids movie huh. and then <laughs> watching Garo, the first series. So yeah. Uh the next thing for this, like I said, is uh, Terminator 2. After that, like I think uh we are then planning and like suggestions for uh, Halloween movies too, which that would be fun. But yeah, thank hey, y'all for coming on. Thanks for having me. Was, no, thanks for
2: having us. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Anytime.
0: Have, have we learned anything today? Any lessons from this movie? <laughs> to leave the audience with?
2: Uh, yeah, I would say don't bother uh, making a movie with strong political points because it will just be turned into a children's cartoon anyway.
3: <laughs>
1: I, I've learned that I, I hate Ronald Reagan even yeah. more. I just still hate that man.
3: Yeah. Don't trust anyone named Dick. Is my lesson.
0: <laughs> Don't Dick Reagan.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's my sequel board game. To Don't wake Daddy.
3: <laughs> nice shooting, son. What's your name?
2: Murphy.